Welcome to Core Parenting Conversations with Kaylee. My name is Kaylee Kukla, and I've spent the last decade supporting children and families with challenging behaviors. As a mom of two, I appreciate how overwhelming and exhausting parenthood can often be. So I'm taking all of my book knowledge and combining it with real life experiences to change the dialogue around parenting. We'll have powerful conversations that always include practical tips so you can walk away feeling inspired and empowered to make simple yet impactful changes in your family's life. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome. Today we're going to talk about what to do when our child runs away. There's a couple of different running away scenarios that I'll cover today. The first would be running away in public situations and the other would be running away from a situation when they feel upset. I'm going to address the public situation first. So this is a really common behavior when children get excited or their impulses get the better of them and they impulsively run away or run towards something. It can also be a connection bit. Chase is a high power connection activity because it's literally asking the attachment figure, will you come get me? (laughs) Come on, let's go. It creates anticipation and excitement and so many children enjoy chase games. In fact, here's the first tip. One of the great ways we can help our children develop impulse control, which first of all, they naturally develop impulse control as their brain develops. We can't rush development. So whenever I give out these tips, I just like to put that caveat. But if you do want to practice impulse control and teach boundaries around this kind of stuff and just practice those boundaries, chasing at home, playing these chase games can actually be a really powerful teacher. Sometimes I'll even throw in a red light, yellow light, green light element so we can playfully practice in a safe environment by practicing fast, so that's green light, slow, which is yellow light, and stopping, which is red light. This works because children are wired to learn through play. So don't be afraid of teaching bad habits. That's whenever we practice things through play, I get a lot of that question like, isn't that teaching them to run away? No, we're actually practicing safety skills. With that being said, children are unaware of safety concerns. They don't have the background knowledge or life experience to be aware of dangers. And they have a very egocentric perspective of the world, meaning they just see things from their perspective with their limited life experience. They don't have the cognitive awareness yet to consider outside factors such as other people's perspectives or possibilities that could happen. And there's nothing wrong with this. It's actually a very important developmental stage because we have to understand our own internal experience and who we are, that egocentrism, before we can move outside and understand things outside of us. We began to see a little more awareness as social skills develop a bit more around ages five to six. Then another big shift around seven to eight-ish. There's a wide range of what can be considered, you know, expected development. 
These different developmental stages really tell us that our child isn't trying to be dangerous or frustrating, even though, believe me, it may feel that way when we're in the moment. They're literally just overloaded with impulses and don't yet have the ability to weigh the potential dangers or consequences of the situation. So what do we do? How do we respond? First, we have to be proactive. Our child's safety is our responsibility, not their responsibility. Think about it. Would you expect a baby to know and not impulsively put a choking hazard in their mouth? No, that's just what babies do. So we make sure before we put them on the ground that there aren't choking hazards around. Some children are more prone to run or are more active. So if our child has a history of running or they have a tendency to do that, we need to proactively prepare for how we can keep them safe in situations, whether that means keeping them in a stroller, a cart, holding hands, bringing activities or snacks so they're more likely to stay engaged in the cart or a said stroller, because I know that can be a struggle. Bringing them to places that have more physical boundaries where you know you can have eyes on them, such as parks with fence enclosures. I one time had a mom tell me that her kiddos were opening up the car doors before she could get out and then she was scared they were running off in the parking lots. And I said, turn those child locks on. You know, my kids don't open their own doors. I open their door because sometimes it's not safe to get out on one side of the car. Sometimes I want them to get out on the same side, or I want to be right there when they get out just in case they see something really exciting behind the car and run out to get it. My eight-year-old, I'm just now, he's almost eight, I'm just now getting to the point where I really trust his awareness a little bit more, but I still have my guard up, especially in places like parking lots, because their safety is my job still. Okay, so if you have a runner with a baby, think about where you will put the baby so you have hands available for your older children. Like baby wearing, I was a huge fan of baby wearing when I had littles with me, or a stroller, or somewhere you can put the baby down to be more hands-on with your older child if need be. Now, if you do have to chase them, because as proactive as we are, right? Things happen. They're probably still going to get away at one time or another. Do your best to swiftly catch them and don't give power to the running away. In fact, it's probably best to do something like a playful, gotcha, now I can keep you safe and just calmly walk back to where you need to be. We're not going over the top playful because that would be giving it power just like a big negative reaction would. But we don't have to be super serious about it because when we're super serious, all that tension that we build up and create also gives the running away power, this mysterious power, like, ooh, what's this tension? Let me try again. And we don't want to do that. (laughs) If you've tried the Instagram parenting tips and tricks to gain connection and cooperation with your child and it's still not working... Or maybe you just want to grow your parenting toolbox or grow your own personal skill set. If you feel confused about how to respond to some of your child's bigger behavior, or maybe you need the encouragement and accountability to make the changes you know you and your family need, CORE offers the weekly support and tools to make these powerful shifts within a supportive, uplifting community. 
we talk about real-life parenting, not the neat and clean two-dimensional examples given on social media. You can learn more about my core membership program by heading to www.kayleekukla.com backslash core. It's a month-to-month membership. You can cancel it at any time, no strings attached, and it's meant to be on-demand parenting support so you can access it when it's needed and when it's convenient for you. The link is in the show notes to learn more. And now back to this core conversation with Kaylee. So if we're kind of lighthearted about it, while we're still confidently holding the boundary, there's like two parts there. So don't just hear lighthearted and don't just hear hold the boundary. It's like the magic is in the combination. We're giving power to the boundary, not the behavior. And we're also showing our child, we're not ruffled by this. I can handle this. And in this case, the boundary is, I'm going to keep you safe. Okay, we're going to switch gears. And now let's talk about when a child runs away from you when they're mad. Or maybe you say something or something happens that they don't like and the child runs out of the room. Parents often wonder if they should follow. Here are some things to consider. This is probably the flight response in the flight, fight, or freeze reflex. This tells us the child's threat detection system has been triggered. And instead of fighting, like tantruming or yelling or hitting, they're running away. This means since our child is so far down into this fight or flight mode, co-regulation is going to be paramount when we do approach our child. As long as they're safe, and let's assume they are, let's just say they ran from the kitchen into their bedroom, I'm going to give myself a minute or so just to collect myself, pause, reflect on, okay, what happened, put down what I'm working on, and then calmly and non-urgently enter their space. The non-urgent piece is important. Remember, their threat detection system is already triggered and urgency creates a sense of emergency. So if we urgently respond by rushing after them, begging them to come out, we're adding to that energy. Depending on the child, they may want you to come in the room or they may want space. It's okay to give them space when they ask for it. A simple, okay, I'm here when you need me, is enough to let them know that you're there and you care. We don't need to hover over them. If they don't react when we walk in, so let's just say I enter the room and they don't acknowledge me or anything, I'll typically just walk in and sit low. Remember, their threat detection system's on high alert, so I'm going to sit in a non-threatening posture, which is low. Usually, I go to the floor. I wait a minute or so and I give them a chance to initiate first, right? I don't necessarily initiate. They do. If they don't, I'll say something neutral like what's going on or just wanted to check in and see if you need anything. Remember, if they don't respond right away, they're probably still in an emotionally flooded state. Depending on the child, I may start talking about something random like a toy sitting next to me or an upcoming activity. And what I'm trying to do is activate some curiosity. I'm not doing this with the intention of distracting them. I do it with the intention of engaging them. 
then once they're engaged and we have a bit of connection built back up, I may broach the topic of, hey, what happened in the kitchen? Again, something really neutral in general so that we can start working our way through it and get to the bottom of it. Since the goal of this response is really co-regulation, which means decreasing their overwhelm, sharing our calm, regulating the body back from a stress state, attunement to the child is key. If they start showing signs of escalation with your presence, it's okay to literally like scooch back. Sometimes all it takes is me scooting back like a foot. Sometimes it does mean backing up further in the room or leaving the room or just staying silent. Sometimes the words are too much right off the bat. If you have other children or other demands in the moment, it's okay to say, gosh, it seems like you need some space right now. I'm going to go check on the dinner and then I'll come back and check on you. Or I'm ready to listen when you're ready to talk. I really care about what's going on. Our confident response goes a long way in building emotional and relational safety for our children. That's the belief that this emotion is safe. I can handle this. And my grown-up cares. What I'm experiencing matters. I matter. So there you have it. A brief overview of running away, which is a common connection bid and or stress response in early childhood. If you found this episode helpful, please consider sharing it with a friend, share on social media, or leave a rating or review. All of these things help the message of this podcast reach a bigger audience so that we can change the world one family at a time. And if this is the type of information you find super helpful, be sure to check out CORE, my membership program, where we meet weekly to decode our children's behavior and learn helpful ways to respond during our weekly live Q&A. For more information about the core membership, head to the show notes. Thank you so much for being here and have a wonderful week.